Welcome to the Pure Joy Project. Uh, my name is Paul Lanigan. Um, I am the host of this here podcast uh, that the Lord sustains and uses for some reason. Uh, we are after finding joy and purpose in your youth through Christ. And that is the goal, that is the mission statement um, rooted in James 1 through f- 1, 2 through 4. Yeah. Consider it pure joy. My dear brethren, when you face trials of various kinds, these trials produce steadfastness, and steadfastness is making us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. To shorthand it a little bit. Um, It has been a couple weeks since we have uploaded a podcast uh, because I have been in the process of transitioning to Baylor University. uh, I'm a graduate assistant there, getting a master's degree, um, running some triathlons for Baylor Triathlon, it looks like. That's developing. Um, but there is just a ton happening in the sweetest way. The Lord is turning newness into goodness all around me, surrounding me with these amazing believers and these amazing church bodies, uh, and just a bunch of people who are hungry, but I'm also seeing people who are calloused. Um, I'm just having conversations with people that know, they know nothing about the heart belief and they know everything about the head belief that is like this Bible Belt Christianity of Central Texas that's like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, like, but they couldn't, they couldn't tell you the gospel. They couldn't tell you what it means to them or how it's influenced their lives. All I all they know is that it's been something that they've habitually done for a long time. Um, so the Lord put it on my heart to As you clicked on this episode, I'm sure you saw the title, um, that everything came really quickly. I was sitting at Harris Creek during the 7 p.m. service, uh, listening to Jonathan Bakluda deliver an awesome scripturally backed message involving discipleship, and and this whole idea came about, all the scripture, all the verses, everything, as I was praying over it for the rest of that night, um, was coming to me to to make an episode called Heartbeat. And what that means is that we not only live for Jesus, which is we live for his glory. I mean, all things held together by him, created by him, held together through him for his glory. Yes, we live for Jesus, but we also survive and live by the provision of Jesus. And whether we choose to or not, we only live because he has provided for us, that he has given us opportunity, that he has called us. That is the only way that we truly live. But whether or not we choose to welcome that and we choose to prayerfully walk in that call that is to live by Jesus Christ um, is our choice, that the Lord was gracious enough to give us free will to do so. And so there is, um, I'm going to pray. And then I just have a message on my heart to share about making Jesus your heartbeat and why you will not miss out on anything in doing so. Um, So please pray with me. If you're driving, do not close your eyes. Um, Prayer, you don't have to have your eyes closed anyway. But let us us inquire um, with the throne of grace. Uh, King Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the Pure Joy Project. Thank you for... Um, every listener that decided to to give this a go. Lord, thank you for how you've sustained us and you've used us. Lord, thank you that you've not left us lacking, but as you say in Luke 22, Lord, that 
as you sent us out, um, as you're talking to the 72 disciples, that they were never lacking, that you have always faithfully provided for them exactly what they've needed. Um, Lord, so thank you for that fact in our lives. Lord, thank you that while we were still sinners, as you say in Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, you gave your life for us so that we could live eternally. Lord, that while we were in the middle of backstabbing you, you deemed each of us individually worthy of living right with you and to receive grace, to receive opportunity and reconciliation, Lord. So I just pray that this message today sits exactly on the hearts, uh, how you desire for it to. God, just be glorified. Um, Holy Spirit, be with me in every word and action and every thought. Um, We love you and thank you, even in the moments where it's hard to love you and thank you. God, I just pray submissive. Do your thing. Amen. Um, So first, I just want to acknowledge scriptural authority. Right, the Lord left us with with Scripture, um, by no mistake, that we have this Scripture because, as Second Timothy three sixteen would tell us, um, it is all breathed by Him, and it is adequate for teaching and reproof, correction, training in righteousness, equipping the saints, the believers, to be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, in that as well. We see in Second Peter 1, um, 16 through 21, for we did not follow, this is, this is Peter after the transfiguration, where him and James and John were on the mountain with Jesus and saw God um, for we do, and Moses. For we do not follow cleverly, cleverly devi- devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, And the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So men, that, that this whole word was inspired by the Lord. It says the, the holy prophecy more fully fulfilled, the prophetic word more fully confirmed, carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we see a man who saw the face of God confirming that this word was meant to be, to, be ta- to be stayed close to, to be abided in. It says, do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So that is 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21. And Ephesians six seventeen refers to this, this word as the sword of the Spirit. It tells us to put on the helmet of salvation and wield the sword of the Spirit. And, and mind you, this has been said in other episodes and probably in conversations around you, hopefully, that, that a sword is the only thing you can take into battle and do both defense and offense. And so this scripture is meant for attack on the enemy. This scripture is meant to battle sin and battle inadequacy. This scripture is meant to lead us and guide us into truth into genuine love for one another. Second um, Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us 
to his own glory and excellence. So his divine power, the Holy Spirit, that inspired this entire word has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We are not lacking in one thing that pertains to life and godliness if we bow to the Spirit. And through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. The Lord uses the word escape when he inspired this. The idea of escaping from the world, because the world is going to constantly drag you one direction and lie to you and force you into idolatry and force you into misery. Right? Jesus tells us, um, he welcomes us to bear his burden. He says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Either way, you're going to bear a burden. So you choose your fruit. You can choose your fruit and you can choose your fight. I would rather bear the burden of the cross and live fully submitted to a God who knows me, created me, and desires for me to live holistically, uh, full of life, right? John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and give it abundantly, give it to its fullest, depending on your translation. He is not leaving us lacking in anything by offering us to be partakers of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1, 4, as he has granted to us his precious and very great promises that we get to live by and study and make our heartbeat by the Holy Spirit. We get to live through this spirit that is in us, that is leading us into things full of life, full of godliness, full of love and connection. So I'm going to go Matthew 28, 16 through 20, the Great Commission. What did Jesus tell us when he left? And it says, starting in verse 16, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, and to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, right? These sweet promises that were talked about. Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. That is everything. There is nothing in heaven or on, or on earth that can trump what Jesus desires to do in you. That you have this incredibly divine calling. I'm going to read 1 Peter 4 in a second where you get to hear about his desires for you and how you're going to live on this earth. He just desires for you to allow him in by his Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 9, confess with your mouth that Jesus the Lord. Believe in your heart he was raised from the dead and you will be saved. In that we receive the Holy Spirit. We allow the Spirit in and we then receive true life, true godliness, true love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's Galatians 5, and 23 by the Spirit. There is nothing outside of those things that this world can offer you that will fulfill you. And so you are offered to make the Lord your heartbeat and to live this incredibly fulfilling life. Though we are promised trial, John 16, 33, I tell you all these things so you may have peace in me. In this life, you will face many trials and sorrows, but take heed, for I have overcome the world. The, the overcomer of the world, the authority in heaven is in you if you welcome the Spirit in. 
Allow him real control. I'm going to read all of 1 Peter 4. If you bear with me, it's only 19 verses. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same way of thinking to suffer in the flesh. Think about that. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of time in the flesh, no longer for human passion, but for the will of God, living fully for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking, parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. They critique you. They tear you down. Malignancy. It is, it is all just bad things. They malign you. But they will give account to him, just like you will, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. We have to stand before him. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead. Right? This is a reminder. I'm in verse 6 and I keep pulling away to make little points. But Jesus preached to those who were already past and beyond salvation solely to show his authority in the spiritual realm. That though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Remind you that verse 6 talking about the, the Gentiles now being able to be saved. The gospel is preached to those who are dead, who were not part of God's chosen people. So many of us were not a part of God's original chosen people, but he was so gracious that through Paul and Barnabas, he allowed us. Um, and through so many of the saints now in the chain of discipleship that's kept going, he, he has allowed us to be saved. So yeah, in verse 6, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the Spirit the way God does. Living in the Spirit, making it your heartbeat. Back in verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. This is what I wanted to, to come to. Talking about your gifts, your opportunity. Ecclesiastes 5, 6, I think it is, talks about how, how each day is our portion and is a gift from God. But each of you have received your own spiritual gifts, your own personality, your own testimony, that if you allow the Lord in to have full control, he wants to use it to serve others as good stewards of his grace. And in that is your greatest fulfillment. Whoever speaks, come into verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus, Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. This is a when, this is a promise, just like John 16, 33 that I mentioned. You will face trials. Jesus tells us that he will be with us always, even to the end of the day, because we will face trials. You will either be condemned and face trials, and you will live in the world, and these trials will, will rip you apart, or you will be living by heartbeat of the Holy Spirit, and these trials will refine you, and these trials will be used for your growth and for your story and for your fulfillment. For God to do something so special through you in a ministry to others, in a love and genuine connection with others. 
So it tells you after telling, after saying that these fiery trials, not to be surprised by them, but verse 13, to rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will become of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteousness is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let us, let those who suffer according to God's will, entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So he is not calling us in telling us to suffer with him. He is not calling us to just be nice men and women. He is calling us to be new, pure soldiers, 2 Timothy 2 would tell us, by his spirit. And we obey him because our, as our creator, he knows what's best for us. I know that there are so many things that have let you down, that you have been so frustrating living this half in, half out life where you feel a lack of fulfillment and you're not getting what you desire from the world and you're not feeling like you get what you desire from your relationship with the Lord and you're stuck in this like miserable middle ground because he's not your heartbeat. He is not the reason you're doing things. You're doing things as a nice person rather than a new person. So I invite you to fully submit, to submit your gifts, right? First Peter 4.10 as each received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. He knows what's best for us. He wants you to serve one another with your gifts. And in that hospitality, you receive this incredible joy. Moving forward, do passive people make disciples? Do passive people, do just nice people make disciples? I know a lot of kind people that, that do not live fulfilling lives. They are fairly miserable. And Christ, though he was the most kind and gracious man, was not a passive man. And we are told to imitate him in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, and I will talk more about that in a second. But we are told to imitate him. We're told to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ in 1 Corinthians. And so being an imitator of him, we are not to be passive. The moment that we are no longer on offense with this gospel for the sake of our relationships, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our own hearts, for the sake of our futures, the moment that we are not on offense for the sake of our future families and marriages, and those things, those passions, those, those relationships that matter most, the moment that we are no longer on offense, the enemy gains ground. When we stop wielding this sword of the Spirit, we stop allowing the Holy Spirit to do incredible things through us, to build these amazing relationships, to sharpen one another, Proverbs 27, 17, to call one another up, spur one another into loving good works, Hebrews 10. The moment that we stop being on offense, the enemy gains ground. So John 12, 26. John 12, 26, he says, well, 25 and 26. 
Jesus says, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Proverbs 15.33, the backside of that verse, humility comes before honor. Christ being the most humble and faithful man ever, setting the example for us. Whoever loves his life loses it. If you love the things of this world so much, that you're trying to cling to them and make them so optimally perfect, you will surely lose this life. But whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This word hates kind of loosely translates from the Greek that it was spoken in, but it's just whoever, whoever does not hold so tightly to the life on this earth, whoever opens their palms and prays the Lord into everything, willing to let go, willing to let go of the relationship, willing to let go of the profession, willing to let go of the salary, willing to let go of the accolades and the role and the, and the captain on this team or whatever you think is going to, is, is, so, is worth every bit of your effort. Whoever clings so tightly to that will surely lose the good of this life, but whoever hates his life in this world, being willing to lose these things will keep it eternally he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. We must follow his commandments and abide in him. And where he is, there his servant will be also. There the Holy Spirit is always with us to the end of the age. And if anyone serves him, the Father will honor him. This God, this creator that breathed everything that we know into creation in one breath, easily breathed it all into creation, but also deemed you specifically in your soul worthy of saving, will honor you as you follow Jesus. As you make him your heartbeat. The body cannot survive without the heart. Even for a moment, when blood stops circulating, the, the entire when blood stops circulating, the entire body shuts down. It is constantly at work, beats thousands and thousands of times a day. And so if you allow the spirit to be this heartbeat, you will become a tree, Matthew 7, Jesus tells us we know a tree by its fruit. A good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. You will bear the fruit of what your heart is set on. And so if we make the Holy Spirit our heartbeat, if we allow him in this love for the Lord, Matthew twelve thirty four. Out of an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we allow him to fill our heart, the mouth will speak. And you will be full of this incredible fruit all around you. And so when he tells us to take up his cross, like to take up our cross and follow him, to be willing to lose our life, has he not provided for you in every moment of your doubt exactly what you've needed to make it through? You lose the world and you gain the spirit. And I can think of nothing more fulfilling than that. I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes 3 and Psalm 37. Ecclesiastes 3, 11 and 12. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into a man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. I perceived, this is Solomon, the most wise man to ever walk the earth outside of Jesus. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to 
be joyful, and to do good as long as they live. He has put eternity into a man's heart. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourselves in the law of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. These things that you're longing for, you are wired by the Lord specifically to have a desire to delight in him in your heart, to be joyful and to do good out of a heart for the Lord, a longing for renewal and for difference that will never be satisfied in anything else. So coming back to 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Christ. So what did Jesus do? Jesus abided in the Father and his commandments, John 15. We are told to abide in him as he and the Father by the keeping of his commandments. And there is our fullness of joy, a promise. Our fullest joy is in keeping his commandments. Not only did Jesus abide in the commandments, but he battled for the souls of those he loved. Because his heart was so full of the Father, all he could do was overflow with that fruit. And that is this passionate, joyous pursuit of others' hearts that will be hard in moments. 2 Corinthians 12, 15, my, my favorite verse. I never thought I'd have a favorite verse, but this one speaks so directly to me and has prayed over me often. I will most gladly spend and be spent for the sake of your souls. If I love more, am I to be loved less? What are you not willing to give for the sake of the souls around you? What are you not willing to give up that's keeping this Holy Spirit from being your heartbeat that desires for you to live your fullest life? A life of holiness, godliness, and true living, fulfilling, incredible living. What is holding you back? So I go to the basics to round it off. The fruit of the Spirit is in you. And I remind you that there is nothing that you can do outside of the Lord that will fulfill you. There is nothing that his hand is not on that will bring you fulfillment. So you can rest knowing that the Lord knows what's best for you and he tells you exactly what he desires from you in his word. That we are to cling to it as a light in a dark place, as Second Peter 1 told us. And if you desire to experience him, you say, I've tried to make him my heart and I'm not sure how, I don't understand. If you've desired to experience him and you failed, if you want to experience him, just do what he's asked you to do. Keep his commandments, love one another earnestly, use your gifts in service to others, to pray, to pursue him at his word, to cling close to it, to delight in it, Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, meditates on it day and night, Psalm 1-1. We must, we must listen, and then we will experience. And once you have Psalm 46 tasted and seen, no, 34, Psalm 34, once you have tasted this grace, this goodness, this fulfilling life of godliness, and seen it, and the fruit that it bears, you, you will not be able to turn to anything else for satisfaction. I cannot promise the walk will be perfect and straight, but I can promise whose hands it's in and what he desires for you. I'm going to pray. I hope, this, I hope this sat with you well. 
whatever that means. Um, King Jesus, thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for goodness. Thank you that you left your word for us so that we could live incredible, fulfilling lives by it. God, that you have not left us how we were, but you loved us enough to pursue us, to give us your spirit, and to, to bring change, to bring joy and love and fulfillment. Lord, I just pray Psalm 1914 over every listener that the words of their mouth and meditations of our hearts are right in your sight, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. I pray um, that your gospel sit on our hearts exactly how you desire it to today. Lord, I pray that we acknowledge our sin. We acknowledge that all of us have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23, that we acknowledge that those that, that sin leads us to death. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift that you give is eternal glory in Christ Jesus, Romans 6.23. Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, you laid down your life for us so that we, <laughs> while we were still sinners, you laid down your life for us so that we could live eternally. Lord, let that truth be real, that there's no condemnation in you, Romans 8, 1, and that all we have to do is confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that you are Lord, Jesus, that you were raised on the third day. And believe in our heart that you were raised from the dead. And then we will be saved, Romans 10, 9. Lord, and that you're not hiding anything from us. God, I pray that we see that. That that is the original lie, that there's more somewhere else than what you offer. God, I pray that that not be true. That we do not believe that lie. That we know that what you are offering is best. And that nothing will challenge that. That second place is not even worth acknowledging because it is so far away. God, and that be an understatement. We just love you. Pray for peace over the listeners. I pray for joy genuinely. Um, pray that you save souls. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I do not deserve your ears um, or your time or your shares or anything. Um, but praise the Lord that he sustained this and that each of you matter. Um, that you are completely different, unique, meant to serve the Lord in a way nobody else can. Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 10. Um, big, big, big believer in you guys, whoever you are. So long. <laughs>